If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about international vacation travel on a budget. Joining me today is Kate Davis. She's an associate producer at KSL News Radio and my coworker. Welcome to the show, Kate. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. So I have done a couple of episodes about traveling on a budget, but most of it, when we talk about trying to save money, it's usually, well, if you want to do that, you kind of need to stay domestic. You just came back from a trip from Peru. You managed to come back without any debt. So tell us about that. Yeah. um, The way that I usually like to travel is I'd rather travel twice as much and spend half as much each time, if that makes sense. So I'd rather go somewhere that maybe hasn't been at the top of my list, but has really cheap airfare. I went with a friend of mine and she knew she had these certain dates off. So we both got Hopper alerts on our phone. It's an app called Hopper. We knew we wanted to go somewhere in South America, mostly for time zone purposes. She worked remotely and that would just work out better for her. And we ended up finding out that Lima had the cheapest tickets of all the Central and South American countries we were considering and just bought tickets. We bought them pretty early. Uh, we bought them maybe like five months before or four. And then we were just able to book everything out in advance and save a lot of money that way. And just kind of letting the prices dictate what we did was really fun because I think there's a lot to see wherever wherever you end up going. So it sounds like you decided on your vacation plans a little bit backwards from the way the most of us do it. We pick a place and then try to find the cheapest way to get there and stay there. But you went, well, just where is the cheapest place and then worked it out from there. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think another reason we were interested in South America, for a lot of reasons, I speak Spanish, so that was a plus, but um, it's just also a lot more affordable than going to, I don't know, Spain or something. So once we got there too, we knew that we would have a lot cheaper accommodations of food. I was mentioning to you earlier, our hostel, we stayed in hostels, which were actually extremely nice. They felt a lot nicer than even a lot of hotels I'm staying in. Obviously, you give up a little bit of privacy, but they were like $14 a night for hostels. And then food, we could find extremely cheap. It was about like seven to 10 soles, which is just a couple of like two to $3 a meal. Do hostels allow children under a certain age to go in there? Um, I'm not entirely sure. This is actually my first time staying in hostels. Um, I think they're, I wouldn't say they're the most family friendly because it's usually like a single bunk format, right? So I'd say it's ideal for, I'm sure like, you know, some friends or a couple could probably do it if you just kind of stay in your own bunk. I wouldn't say it's, I don't know that it's the best for families, but I'm sure there are some We were also looking at some Airbnbs and some hotel rooms, and they were also quite affordable in the area. But there was a really interesting bifurcation of prices in Peru. Some hotels would be, you know, 150 bucks a night. And other hotels that looked really quite similar were, you know, 30 or 40 bucks a night. So I think there are still are options in Peru and South America for families. Might not always be a hostel. So you did show me some pictures of your hostels, and they were surprisingly beautiful. They looked clean. And I don't mean clean, just like there wasn't dirt everywhere, but my impression of hostels are mostly from Europe and it is, they are not nice, a lot of them. And it's usually single guys that are really young, late teens, early twenties that 
don't care where they sleep and the odors aren't that nice. <laughs> totally. So how did you know going into like, okay, we're going to stay in a hostel that th this would be okay? It definitely helped that my friend that I went with is, has had a lot of experience doing this, but she showed me a website called Hostel World. And her rule of thumb that she told me is like, you don't even think about going below an eight and ideally a nine out of 10 on Hostel World because it's like, you just, you just don't want to venture into that territory with the <laughs> hostel. Um, but yeah, it was, you can look through a lot of different criteria for the hostels, obviously price, but even like, uh, people rank cleanliness and, you know, how social they are. Some hostels are honestly more of like a party scene. Everyone we stayed in were very relaxed, very calm. You kind of go there and sleep and you can meet a few people, but I'd say, yeah. Definitely do your research on the hostels because there are there's like one on every block in Peru and they're definitely not all created equal, but you can find really nice ones. I'd say these hostels, like the common spaces and even the bunk areas were extremely clean. Um, the staff was very attentive. They provided us breakfast every morning. They helped us get taxis. They helped us get, you know, tips of what to see. It was actually a really nice little community. So your $14 a night included breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> Some breakfasts are just $14 just by I themselves. I know. It was amazing. So it saved us money on not having to buy that meal. So we just pretty much had lunch and dinner and then we don't all over again. Oh, so, my God. All right. Horrible. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll go more into how you researched your trip on the budget and find out how you managed to stay out of debt. So we'll be right back with Kate Davis. She's an associate producer at Case on News Radio. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life in any way money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about international travel on a budget. And Kate Davis, who is my co-worker at KSL News Radio as an associate producer, is joining me because you just got back from a trip to Peru, which we do have to say that South America is usually a bit cheaper than Europe obviously. But you can go to other countries, some of the Micronesia countries, which once you're there are fairly inexpensive, but getting there is going to be a lot, a lot more expensive, I would say. But how did you research your trip? How did you go about researching the prices? And you, we've already talked about you stayed in a hostel. How did you get all this information of how much it cost? Yeah, my friend and I sat down just a couple of times, maybe three or four times before our trip and just kind of brainstormed everything together. We wanted to make sure we knew the things we were willing to spend money on, right? So we there's not really a getting around the fact that Machu Picchu is a little expensive, right, to see Machu Picchu. And then we wanted to get there in a convenient way. So we got train tickets. Those were a little pricier, things like that. So we knew what we were willing to splurge on, but we also knew what we weren't caring about quite as much. So we, we sat and had a conversation with each other about what priorities we had. So we were a lot more interested in getting outside and hiking as opposed to maybe spending all day in the museum, right? So we just spent a lot of time figuring out, you know, what type of passes to buy. There is a tourist ticket you can buy in Peru that gets you into almost all of the sites besides Machu Picchu, a ton of ruins and museums and cultural events. It costs about the price of like one and a half of the attractions to buy that ticket. So we, right when we arrived, we bought that ticket and ended up saving a lot of money instead of buying 
each little event all at once. I know some European cities have something kind of similar. Yeah, when I was in Scotland, I did the same thing in Edinburgh, which for 30 euros, I was able to get into, God, there must have been like 15 or 20 attractions I got into, which if you paid for them individually would have cost me about 75. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And more than, it was even more things than we even had time to do, but it ended up saving us a lot of money. And then as far as like airfare goes, like I said, we did use Hopper, but um, I'm also, in general, I get emails from a company called Flights From Home and they send out deals to different countries. And so I just always like to keep an eye on that kind of for future planning purposes, just to know. It's really nice to have like a range of like, what is a normal price for this place? What's a killer deal? So when I see it, I can kind of jump on it. If that makes sense. Yeah. And you said you bought your tickets five months in advance, but were you saving money before then? Yeah, for sure. So I was saving up money. I had actually been donating plasma for a couple of months. And so that's kind of my way of justifying things that maybe aren't as critical, but I really want to do like traveling. So I, yeah, I'd been saving money. I, I am married. So that definitely helps kind of supplement my income. But honestly, I'd say, The bulk of this trip, almost all of it was paid for by literally just donating plasma. So that's just like a way to have a little bit of extra income that's on the side. And I can kind of, you know, have a goal that I'm working towards. I ended up spending almost no money the last couple of months. I haven't been going out to lunch. I haven't been going shopping. I've been saying no to a lot of things because I've been so excited to go on this trip and be able to enjoy and relax. And it's definitely a good motivator. But yeah, I was saving up for a couple of months before. And I don't have any debt. You know, I've, I talked to a lot of people that were going to be traveling for like seven or eight months who are from Europe. And they'd say like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get back and be completely broken in some debt. And I was like, oh, that that kind of sucks. Like you're starting from <laughs> ground zero. But I have maybe a little less, you know, pocket cash right now than I did before. But it was an amazing experience. And I'm not at all like really significantly set back by that. So you were in Peru for two weeks for almost two weeks do you have a general idea of what your total trip costs including airfare Ooh, i need it that's on my to-do list in the next like day or two but i can give you a rough estimate maybe you can help me with the math here but airfare was a little over 600 the thing with peru we did want to get to cusco so we bought another round trip flight for like 150 bucks so those were our bigger expenses probably we spent you know a couple hundred on total on hotels i would say and then food was food was just really cheap it wasn't very much so i haven't done the total but i mean i'd say definitely less than two grand for the whole thing um well just your airfare and the hotels that you're talking about were at a thousand dollars right so i mean unless you went on a shopping spree for another thousand dollars i'm gonna guess you were definitely well under two thousand probably more like fifteen hundred yeah that sounds about right and even like things like souvenirs i did get some souvenirs for myself i'm wearing a little bracelet i got and i'm wearing i got a little hat for my niece things like that but i mean like this bracelet i'm wearing now was five soles which is a lot less than two dollars for this bracelet you know so Things that you might want to buy um, are very affordable. So that made it a lot easier to feel okay about really enjoying it and buying buying memorable souvenirs and, you know, getting a drink with my meal, things like that that were just pretty accessible. Cool. So if you started a good eight months before your actual trip, you probably saved up a minimum of 1000 to $1,500 just before you even got on the plane. Yeah. And so I wasn't, I wouldn't even say I saved like 
I probably started saving just like about four months before or so, just like, okay, now I'm going to really funnel all of my extra income, mostly from little side hustle, or what I like to call them side hustle type things, um, into this, which was nice because it didn't, it wasn't like a significant chunk of my income. It's not like I like haven't been grocery shopping or anything. It's just been kind of the extra things that I might be spending on clothes or shoes that I'm like, all right, I'm going to just be pretty disciplined and, and focus this on something that I will remember forever. What are the top three tips you could give somebody who is looking to travel outside the U.S., to sort of expand their horizons, but they have a very limited budget? Totally. I would say be open to places that you might not have on your list. Peru probably wasn't at the top of my list, but it was so memorable. It was so much fun. And you never know what you're going to experience. So I'd say just be open to kind of letting the airfare prices lead a lot of times because and, and hotel prices as well. Um, second tip is try to understand how the locals live because that's usually how you'll end up saving a lot of money. I talked to a lot of people there. There's really the tourist price and there's the local price and you can pay either one. And some days we ended up paying the tourist price because we didn't have time to hunt down, you know, a little market with some cheap lunch or something. But you can definitely find the more affordable things and they often end up being really good and really interesting. Like those were my favorite lunches were the these little, you know, bustling markets where people were making fresh food. Third tip, hmm, I'd say, yeah, like traveling with, with some type of buddy is really nice because you can split expenses with things. I just went with a girlfriend of mine and we split taxis everywhere and we split and we could share food and we'd be able to experience more things and just save on expenses that way. So just sharing the experience with someone else who can kind of split the bill is was definitely helped us uh, shave down on those costs. Great. Well, Kate Davis, you are my coworker at KSL News Radio. You're an associate producer and you're an international traveler who is my favorite thing. You did it on a budget and came home without debt. Of course. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.